virtues are never disappearing. So our work invested in wine tourism resulted that we are now exporting to the States because a lot of guests visited our winery and now they will be able to buy our wines to a web shop there, for example. Hello, and welcome back to Corvinus Business Intelligence. The focus of today's podcast is on the Hungarian wine industry and related industries. And we're just delighted to have as our guest on Corvinus Business Intelligence today, Valeria Hernak, one of the owners of Hernak Estate, which is involved in, among other matters, the production of wine. My name is Theodore Boone. And I'm a member of the faculty of Corvinus University School of Business and one of your hosts. My co-host for this podcast is Jofia Valli, a student at Corvinus University. Valeria, please tell us a bit about Hernak Estate. We'd much appreciate it. Okay, so our estate, we are shortly celebrating 30 years of uh, our first start. We started uh, early 90s, 93 was the year when we came to Ecek with my husband. But actually we came to Hungary in 91 when we came uh, from former Yugoslavia. And the reason was the war that time that happened in that region. So we came to Hungary and our idea was really not focus on wine and winemaking because um, what we take with with ourselves from our knowledge we took from home was rather in spirits. So we started with palinka, with palinka, which is uh, linked to the grapes, you know, Turkey palinka, like Mark, and also brandies, like wine brand, or in France you have cognac. So our idea, the main or the, the basic idea was just to support the winemakers in the region and to produce some spirits on the basis of grapes. And how has that developed? Has it worked out uh, the way you planned or did it work out a little bit uh, differently? <laughs> yes, this is really a good question because you need to have plans and you need to be open to to change those plans accordingly to the to the life so yeah we started and we we planned we started and then shortly we received the excise law the first excise law in Hungary and it made some difficulties to our business so we needed to close uh, our spirit production for a while and meanwhile being in this village Etyek which is the center of Etiak Buddha wine region. And, you know, early 90s, that was a really, really challenging time. Shortly after communism was over and the private wineries started in country. Etiak, uh, let's say we call ourselves that we are one of the young wine regions because we received this title to be independent wine region just in 90. One, 1991. So, in the very beginning, we found ourselves in this wine world and then said, okay, let's go for, for wine. Uh, so, this is how our wine production started. So, since you started your business, how did the, the trends and consumer demands change in the alcohol industry? 
very positively, I go back to the 90s. It was really time when you, or when we did uh, not just production, but education as well, to teach consumers and, and guests on uh, quality wine, because this is the focus we, we have to produce quality in wine, in spirits and in everything. So it was really, really a challenging time. What are the biggest challenges to quality? What are, what are the sort of the biggest dangers to having good, good quality? Oh, it's a difficult question, but I will say that good things are produced usually in small or in limited batches. And first to understand that you need to know um, the quantity you want to produce because quantity and quality usually doesn't go together. You need to decide which way you proceed. So if you go for quality, you will definitely have less of number of bottles, for example, but you will know that your quality is higher. So it's simple. I'm asking that way because, as you know, Corvinus is a business and economics school. Is it a challenge then to be financially successful if you're producing less amounts? How does that work? Or I guess that probably explains in a way why higher quality wine is more expensive. Yes, exactly. I think that if you do less, you do better, you achieve a better price. So it's so simple. But the truth is that during that uh, development and being the first generation in the business, actually now we have our son on the board. So we are a two generation this company but in the beginning um, you do your maths but I used to say there is a special wine mathematics that you invest a little bit more of your work your knowledge your attention but that's good because you have a limited batch and you can take care properly. Who are the potential and targeted buyers of your wines and uh, how do you ideally price them? So our main buyers are private persons from Hungary, local ones, guests, and from abroad as well, because um, we are open for wine tourism and we used to have a lot of guests coming from all over the world. And that's really, a let's say, a long term that you are proceeding step by step, but it's secure because you are building your brand and uh, you may be known, I, I say just in a... In a, in a brackets that you can be even known internationally, although you are small. But back, we do have a distributor, a small one, and let's say 30, 40% of our production goes to Horeca sector in Budapest, to the restaurants mainly. May I ask is that, so it goes to the Budapest restaurants via the distributor? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Via the distributor. And do you sell it to the distributor and the distributor resells it or does the distributor pass it on to the restaurants for a commission or, or how, no, does, no. how does sort of the chain of ownership and the chain of money work? The income, the best is when you, uh, you sell in the seller. If you sell your product as a bottle, you achieve your price. If you go through the distributor, then you need to give a certain commission. So that's less. But let's say maybe you sell more bottles. In our case, it was opposite. We sold more from the seller. And if you sell it through a program, then you add additional value to that. So you increase your income. 
how would you describe the situation of the Pest County wineries? Uh, how big is the competition and what makes this wine region different? I think that Etiak is a unique place because we are closest to the capital. It's, let's say, 27 kilometers from the downtown. Really a place you can simply jump and have a glass of wine or supply your cellar or kitchen with, with bottles. So I think it's a very, very unique uh, situation. Also, as I mentioned, we are a wine region, so we are entitled, not just a simple place uh, producing wines, but we produce quality um, wines which are... Um, geographically outlined so that's again a big uh, value and uh, we are not a so huge wine region we are one of the smaller in in Hungary it means that uh, you find here mainly family wineries few which are bigger we are let's say a medium size and uh, very few which are smaller we believe in a team you know together achieving more. So we think it's very important that we are all developing ourselves and let's uh, put it like a positive competition that of course I want to be among the best, but I want to have all the competitors good. If we could come back to your activity in the, in the wine tourism for a minute. Tourism is of course also an industry very uh, important to Hungary in which Hungary is very active. And um, it would seem to me, and I'd welcome your reaction to this, um, that a particular region, because you mentioned it so close to Budapest, that many tourists that might unfortunately only come to Budapest and not want to see or not have time to see many of the other incredibly beautiful and fascinating aspects of Hungary, it might be easier for them to go to a wine region that is only, I think you said, 27 kilometers from Budapest. And it might help not only uh, more people get to know the wines of your region, but it might also further grow the Hungarian tourism industry. Am I thinking about that right at all? Or is that a possibility? I think it's a really, really big possibility because, um, yeah, unfortunately, some regions are two hours far from the city and, you know, tourists, they spend maybe just a weekend in Budapest. They don't have time to go to those other places, but they are open to spend the afternoon in Etiak. And I think this is really a good, good uh, position. And yes, it's based for a further development even in a quality, because we are facing people coming from all over the world. And those people are interested in wine tasting. And normally they visited other places in the world so they can compare. So we need to improve, improve all the time on our quality, not only the wine, but the services, the environments, the programs, the opportunities. So it keeps us very busy and um, in a constant development. At Lake Balaton, there are more and more wineries that are uh, open all year and not just seasonally. Do you see this happening here in the region of the capital? Um, yes, this is, I mean, from the very beginning, uh, Etiak, we are a 12 months uh, open place because 
um, during summertime you have maybe more local guests coming over the uh, school uh, holidays but uh, there are the winter times so yes we are open all over the year but the truth is that we do not have open hours from monday till uh, sunday usually it's over the weekends but on appointment, it's any time. It can be Monday morning in, uh, at 7 o'clock, for example. And also, we have a lot of um, programs scheduled for certain weekends, you know, to do uh, more activities for the, for the tourists. So, yes, so we are open. How did the ongoing pandemic affect your sales? What changes did you have to make uh, in your operation or in your sales strategy? This is the question I would rather skip because uh, I think everyone can say the same that it is... uh, uh, I like this English word difficult. In Hungarian, we used to say katastrofa. So really uh, difficult because uh, our guests, uh, five to 6,000 guests coming over a year, they simply disappeared because they can't come. So we are now working on online uh, web shop uh, development, and fortunately it works. But you know, I believe that uh, energies and values are never disappearing. So our work invested in wine tourism uh, resulted that we are now exporting to the States because a lot of guests visited our winery and now they will be able to buy our wines to a web shop there, for example. Can I ask uh, uh, there a couple things? One, I just wanted to confirm because it sounds great to me. So pre-pandemic, you were having about 5,000 or 6,000 guests a, a year? Yes. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and when you say exporting uh, to the U.S., so would that be, as an example, perhaps some people from the U.S. that have visited your uh, winery and were so enthralled and impressed by it that then they would go home and order order wine directly from your winery? Uh, yes, exactly. Not from our winery because we need here a distributor who can handle the papers, regulations and shipping and whatever. But the same right. company who brought the, the guests here, now they are bringing the wines to States. So, you know, we are uh, surviving. <laughs> I mean, we do our best. Right. What do you think about the women presence in this industry? How does it feel as a woman to work on a line full of men? Or is it not actually like that and the women presence is big, we just don't see it? This is a good question and I'm afraid I can uh, answer just from one aspect. Uh, being a family, uh, I will say that uh, women are very important because we are part of that. And there are a lot of things men can do maybe better uh, and other things which are really uh, for, for ladies, somehow it goes together. Um, in, in my case, I'm, let's say, the mom, you know, so a lot of paperwork, a lot of uh, whatever comes to my table. But we try to help each other because we do not have really a lot of employees. So just the minimum what we need. So it's a, like an expanded uh, family. Of course, if you are a winemaker by profession and working in a big company, I think it's a different case, but uh, I have no experience on that. You had mentioned um, the uh, Hernak Birtok estate um, is active in areas beyond 
beyond wine. Could you expand on that a bit? Um, what other areas is the estate active? Yeah, exactly. I uh, mentioned that we call ourselves a stage, not because we are huge, we are small, but we have more activities. So main activity is wine production. But now we are passing toward the sparkling wine because sparkling wine is the product which is really, really important for Etiak from the past to the Turley story, for example. Maybe you know about that. Also, our history is in the brandies, in the spirits. And right now we are uh, renewing this activity on, a, let's say, on a, a more um, serious basis. Uh, we also do wine tourism. We have a small restaurant. And beyond, we do some, how to call it, local product like jam or um, grape seeds, oil, or such uh, growing herbs for our spirits because we also do our gin. So a lot of activities, we are never boring, but that's important, especially in this pandemic situation that although we have no guests coming now, we have a lot of work in product development on, uh, on online uh, development. It sounds like you're really planning, planning for the future, which is, which is great. Moving forward to the event organization topic, we can say that the pandemic made a huge loss in this area, but you have a beautiful glass house on your property called the Fübeskert, which can be an ideal placing for any event. How did the idea of making that happen form? What kind of guests do you usually have? In what generation is the glass house the popular choice? And uh, and for what uh, occasion is it most used for? Yes, Fövéskert, actually that's a greenhouse and idea. The, the basic idea was to uh, set up a place we can uh, grow some herbs for the gin and some vegetables for our small restaurant. And then, you know, being... Uh, uh, self-employed or small uh, entrepreneur, you are thinking uh, multifunctional, then we said, okay, make it that way that you can uh, have there some guests. And now it's a place we used to have um, different um, parties, like a wedding party, conferences, like um, groups, uh, bigger groups maybe, or simple, it's a big, big security that we have a roof above our heads and uh, somehow we manage that it's totally um, part of the environment. So somehow a really a nice part of the estate, not just functioning. And it, uh, again, it sounds uh, like a big plus that it is, it's not so far away from Budapest. So if somebody wanted to hold a, a wedding or a conference or a, uh, a dinner uh, that is based in Budapest, the logistics of that uh, would be even easier. Could we come back to the wine for a moment? Yes, of course. Uh, it was nice the way you described the other, um, the w other wineries and estates in your region as working together. And I think you described as sort of a friendly competition um, and uh, that sounds great. Within that group, what are the things for you, for your wine? What, what are the things, if somebody comes to your winery and, um, and, 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 and taste it or samples different wines, what are the things that you would say really stand out and are, are most impressive? Ooh, it's, it's a difficult question, um, but let it put simple. So 
First of all, for me, it's important whoever comes to Ecek to leave the village satisfied, to find the wine which he or she is looking for. Some people are looking for a very fresh wines, another likes more the aged ones. So first we want really to discover, to learn what they are looking for. Uh, our wines, I will say that we go a little bit deeper. We like to to produce white wine, which are not just uh, one summer wines, but a living longer. And the intention is because we want to present, to put into the bottle potential of Etiak. We are convinced that this region is a serious place and uh, our task or responsibility is to prove it. So that's why um, we move toward wines, which are maybe in some time or moment not so trendy but again it's for a longer time if you are a producer you know you plant your vineyard you think in decades not in one two three years but in decades if you are small you anyhow cannot fulfill every market expectations so you need to decide what's your uh, road what's your way and then go that way so simple and if you have to choose your favorite wine, which one would it be? And why? <laughs> Again, a difficult <laughs> question receiving from Zofia. Uh-huh. It's uh, difficult. I'm not a professional. I forget to mention that my husband, he's economic uh, by um, education. I studied law and our son, he's first in the family who really uh, is an analogist. He studied at the university, Corvins University and spent some time abroad. So I used to say, I'm mean, really just the mom in the family and wines for me, um, we are now working with several varieties and all are close to my heart, depending which one is today my favorite. But if I have to choose, I will say uh, Sauvignon Blanc and now the Pechgue. Well, uh, it's definitely making me um, eager to... Uh, to um... Uh, leave leave Budapest um, and go those 27 kilometers to uh, to taste more of the wine when the tourism uh, tasting opens up again. And I look forward to that very much. Uh, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. Uh, this has really been a wonderful discussion, fascinating discussion on, on uh, very many levels. And I would like to thank my co-host for today, uh, Jofia Valli. Um, for joining us with her excellent questions. Most of all, I would like to thank you, Valeria Hernak, one of the owners of Hernak Estate, for this outstanding discussion. Thank you. This is Theodore Boone for the Corvinus Business Intelligence Podcast, a production of the Budapest Investment Club, Corvinus University in Budapest. We leave you today with these words spoken by Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. And may I add, since we have been discussing wine and related matters, Ega Shegedra. Ega Shegedra.